On today's show, Jake the Rake, Jacob the Rake of Bacob, Jake Cronenworth and the San Diego Padres agreeing to a contract extension somewhat out of nowhere and by surprise, whether or not it was a good deal for the Padres, what Jake Cronenworth does as a player and what it means and might mean or what it says about the future of the Padres. You know what you're listening to. Let's get started. You are locked on Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Tuesday, April 4th. As always, I'm your host with sometimes, occasionally, but certainly not always the most Javier Reyes. You can follow me on Twitter at Javipeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, for a bunch of nerdy tweets and occasionally Padres tweets, but if you only want Padres tweets, and if you are going to be no longer interested in following me after I lose my check mark. At LO underscore Padres if you want that. Or Lockdown Padres on YouTube if you want to see the Tatis bobblehead and whatever I'm rocking with the fit. Not going to lie, not a great fit today. But don't worry. I, I'm thinking that now that baseball is officially back, I'm going to start rocking some fits on, on, the, on the tube. So stay tuned for that, folks. Um, as always, though, thank you for making Lockdown Padres your first listen every day. Free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, like I said. And today's episode is sponsored by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for 20% off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. Go check out GameTime. They rule. You know what else rules, ladies and gentlemen? Big news out of nowhere. No matter who it is for, it's exciting. You love to talk about it. And that's what we're talking about on today's episode. Mr. Cronenworth, we are still not Cronenworthy. Even all these years later, three, uh, we're still not worthy of Mr. Jake Cronenworth. Look, in baseball, this is what you love to see. A guy who is underrated as a prospect. Some people think he's okay. They're like, oh, cool. He has a little, he can pitch two to a degree. He can play short. He can play second. He's a utility man. Those type of guys that like might play a couple games for you. You know what I mean? They might come get called up to the majors and, you know, maybe be a decent bench player. But what's so great about Cronenworth is... To me, what he has meant for the Padres, for me, has been one of the the few, like, somewhat within their system players. And I know that they acquired him, actually, in the Tommy Pham trade. I understand that. But in terms of the energy, the vibes of Mr. Cronenworth, what I love is, like, he is that tertiary piece that you need to win a championship. Every time teams start winning titles, there's always that kind of prospect that comes out of nowhere, sort of. And he's not a star, you know, he's a little bit more meat and potatoes. And to me, that's what Cronenworth has always been. And as a player for the Padres, he has been very, very effective. I've talked about this before, fairly ad nauseum, that when you look at second baseman, um, Cronenworth has been one of the better ones basically out there. He's been phenomenal. Uh, in fact, since 2020, um, Cronenworth is third in F4 among all active third second basemen. Or I just say he has the third most F4, I should say. Not all active second base, but I'm pretty sure like... You know, there, there's some other, there's like some random second baseman out there that's like still, you know, doing really well, but for his career. But um, like I said, uh, he's been fantastic. Let me make sure that I get it correct, though. It is Jose Altuve, 11.9, Marcus Simeon, 10.6, and then Mr. Jacob or Jake, whichever one, Cronenworth, 9.8. I've been seeing still Jake Cronenworth on the broadcast, so that's what I'm going to go by for now. 
at least for now anyway. Uh, and then Tommy Edmund, 9.4. Jeff McNeil, 8.4. So there's some notable names on there. Hey, Jeff McNeil, batting title type of guy, right? All-star. He's been better than him since 2020. Um, granted, that was because of a down 2021 season, but even still, I think that just that alone captures how good he's been. And the best single season F4 totals for Padres players at each position since 2010. You got someone in there. You got Rivera. You've got Adrian Gonzalez. You've got Tatis from 2021. And yet Chase Headley at third base. That, funny enough, right? Chase Headley. Um, until last season with Manny Machado, Chase Headley had the most single season F4 at that position for the Padres since 2010. Uh, but for second base, it is 2021 Kernworth with 4.4. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. He has been really, really good. Uh, for the Padres. Um, 1.6 F4 his first season, then 4.1, 4.1. He's been great. So yes, uh, I actually got the F4 wrong, wrong in that tweet from uh, about a year ago. Whoops. But uh, you get my point. He's been very good. And he's not necessarily a guy that is going to wall off the bar, ball out of the park. His career high in home runs is 21, which is in 2021. And I do acknowledge that people like, you know, we're so used to getting stars on this Padres team. Right, but I really think that it's just so important to highlight the tertiary pieces, and the Padres certainly thought that it was important too, as they agreed to a seven-year contract extension, if I'm not mistaken, worth yes, yeah, seven years worth eighty million. That came out on Saturday morning. Woke up to that news, just being like, "What the heck?" It was very random, and I think that it comes as a bit of a surprise, and we're going to talk about this a little bit later, considering that. Basically, all the talk of the offseason, or at least the last couple weeks of the offseason, has been whether or not the team's going to extend Juan Soto, considering all that they gave for him, considering that he's, you know, Juan Soto. There's all sorts of things. And instead, Mr. Cronenworth ends up getting the extension. That's about $11 million average annual value per year. And I think it's worth comparing that to the rest of the position. Uh, the rest of the position, second baseman, the highest paid second baseman currently in the league, according to Spot Track, is Marcus Simeon. He's got a 25 uh, million AAV. He's obviously getting paid for a lot longer, um, or, or I should say for a bigger total of 175 million. Then you've got Jose Altuve. He was going to be up there, you know, that at 23 million. Then Andres Jimenez, he just signed a big extension for the Guardians, a team that I have been ridiculing on this podcast, uh, but admittedly, they are not in that low tier of Brewers, A's, Rays. You know what I mean? The Guardians have shown that over the past few years that they've been willing to give some extensions. They're not giving guys, like, ginormous deals. You don't have to. But I think that it's a really good sign for Guardians fans that, like, that team is going out and at least extending players. You know, kind of like what the Atlanta Braves do. I think that's totally cool for baseball, too. Um, DJ LeMahieu is fourth at $15 million per year. Um with a total of 90 million. And then Jake Cronenworth is now sixth or fifth. I'm sorry. Uh, on the list in total making, uh, 11 million per year in terms of AAV though, I should see, actually, I was going by total value, uh, total value. That's what it was. But in terms of the AAV, he's currently a lot lower. Actually, he's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. He's eighth in average annual value behind guys like Nico Horner, who signed an extension, Jeff McNeil, DJ LeMahieu, Ketel Marte, uh, Andres Jimenez, Jose Altuve, Marcus Simeon. So if you look at it from that perspective, that's a pretty damn good deal, I think. Um, and I know that there are some questions with uh, Mr. Cronenworth. Pat, last year, his strikeout rate increased um, pretty significantly. Uh, went from 14% to 19.2%. He did offset it with a higher walk rate, which was nice. And it's too early to talk about his stats this season. But I think one of the things that happened is his power went down a little bit. And he really struggled against some off-speed stuff. Um, kind of came back down to earth with that. But more importantly for me 
is that just in general, he's, um, what's the word? He hasn't done all that great against uh, fastballs, if I'm not mistaken. Let me see if I can bring up his numbers on that. Um, for In terms of run value, actually, not necessarily in terms of batting average, but in terms of run value, I found it very interesting that in 2022, while he didn't hit horribly on batting average against four-seamers, he didn't do all that right. In fact, it was it's kind of alarming. His run value, which is a, is a little bit of a complicated stat that I don't feel like explaining because, to be honest, I still don't fully 100% know how to use it myself, but it kind of takes into account, you know, the, 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 the ball count that you got the pitch, right, the the situation that you got the pitch, and it takes into account a lot of that stuff and how it creates runs. And he had a negative 12 against four-seamers in 2022. Well, he had 11, 5, 9, and a negative 3 against a curveball, and then a cutter, he had a 7. So he was fine against every pitch except for four-seamers. So I'm wondering if that points to a little bit of a pitchers know how to attack him a little bit better, which I'm a little bit more worried about. You know what I mean? He has such a crisp, solid swing, but he's not lifting the ball and just slapping it all over the place, lately anyway, last season and the four games of this season so far, than he did those other previous years. That, to me, says maybe they're starting to figure him out a little bit. This contract would pay him until he's about 35 years old. or Hold on. 29 plus 7. What does that mean? 29? 36 years old. So it's a pretty meaty extension, and... You know, I've come I've critiqued the Padres a lot about extending so many players and having this lineup totally locked in, a lineup that is quite good, but has it necessarily won you twenty seven titles? No. You know what I mean? This is not the nineties uh Yankees type of uh lineup where it's like, Yeah, it's been done before, just extend them all and let's keep this core forever. Hasn't been the case with the Padres. So it is fair crit- criticizing that. But overall as a player, the other thing that Cronenworth does is great defense. Gotta love good defense. It is always something we appreciate on this podcast. Mm. So, so good at um, defense and the fact that he has utility value. He could play second. He could play short if he wanted to. He could play first, which is what he's playing this year. Um, I think that's why they gave Cronenworth the extension. And if you compare him to the rest of the position, it's not too bad. Uh, Not too bad whatsoever. But we're going to have to see a little bit more from him. Man, if he can return to that 2020-2021 form, that would be great. Get the batting average up. Get a little bit more power up there, too. That would be awesome. Uh, Otherwise, he's just a really solid player. He's got a lot of Ben Zobrist vibes. Not as much of a pull hitter as Ben Zobrist was, necessarily. Um, Or maybe it was the other way around. I don't remember. Uh, But, you know, still, nonetheless, uh, it's, it's, it's exciting. Although, I'm not that bullish on the contract. I don't think that this is something that they had to do. In fact, I think that... A lot of the moves the Padres have made the past couple of um, months, or the last year, I should say, have been a lot of moves that I've been excited about. Don't get me wrong. I don't hate the moves. But it's been a lot of like, okay, all right. I mean, I I love this. It's exciting. It's great for me. I make content on this damn team. Uh, But I do admit, I don't think it's the only way to go about things, which is extending all of your players, locking everything in, and trading everything for superstars. It's great to see it for a team that has historically never done that for even the most minute quality of players whether it be a you know a chase headley whether it be like uh i don't know like a kirby yates or something like that like you know pretty good players they haven't even done it with those type of guys all that much all that often right so it's still really exciting but uh hey he's going to be there for a while and i think that the big value for him is his utility that whatever kind of transpires over these coming years if they find someone else whatever he can move around the diamond and kind of play anywhere and i think that's what's really exciting about him for sure but that doesn't tell the full story that does not tell a full story. We got to keep talking about this, guys, because I have a lot of thoughts 
on this contract extension for sure. But before we get into that, ladies and gentlemen, I got to talk to you about something important. Something real nice, ladies and gentlemen. I talked to, talked about that at the beginning of the show. Look, buying tickets to your fading events, it shouldn't be stressful. This shouldn't be like Ticketmaster and the Taylor Swift fiasco. This shouldn't be, you know, like you're trying to, you know, solve a a, a mystery like the, the Da Vinci Code. You don't want anything like that. It's not fun. Game time, ladies and gentlemen, it's fast and easy for all sort of events. Buying tickets for sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best prices guaranteed. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you will have. <laughs> Love that. Love that. Love that very much, guys. Uh, go check out Game Time very much. They've got flash deals and last-minute tickets. It's easy to find stuff, which is very good. You can see the images of like where you know images of where your seat view is going to be, which is really helpful if you're just more of a visual learner like myself. Uh, lowest price is guaranteed. Event cancellation protection, job loss protection. They got everything. Let me tell you, it's it's freaking fantastic. You don't have to plan that far in advance. They have deals on tickets right up to the day of the event, and exclusive flash deals for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater and so much more. And you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. And it's a really easy thing to remember. Game Time, come on. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time, guys. Download the app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for, oh, let's see here. That's right. That's all you gotta do. You listen to the podcast, I give you a bonus. LOCKEDONMLB. Use that code for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply, but again, remember, create an account on the GameTime app and redeem code LOCKDOWNMLB for $20 off. Download it today. Last-minute tickets, lowest of prices, guaranteed. Game time! Yeah. <sighs> Just a friendly reminder, guys, you're listening to the Lockdown Potters podcast. First listen every day, hopefully, for you folks out there. Mm. I hope it is. And we're talking about Mr. Jacob, Jake, the Rakeub, Bacob, Cronenworth's extension. Um, I talked about really quickly about the second baseman and that he's about eighth in that report and in terms of the AAV. Now, of course, I did mention that Nico Horner was going to be making more than him, but Nico Horner is only for three years. But even still, for the most part, uh, while the years is probably a lot more than people would expect, right? The years is up there with Altuve and Jimenez and Marcus Simeon. Um, the more interesting thing is that Jake Cronenworth is first is playing first base, though. He is. Um, and that's a really important thing to know. In terms of first baseman, the average annual value for Mr. Jacob Cronenworth at $11 million would be a lot lower. Don't get me wrong. The total, he's a lot lower, too. Don't get me wrong. But he would be making behind Reese Hoskins, who's still in arbitration and unfortunately missing the rest of the season. He was probably going to make more in free agency, so that's things. And Max Muncy and Pete Alonzo, who are going to get paid for sure. Vladdy Jr., he's going to get paid. Josh Bell just did. But aside from those guys, he's behind Freddie Freeman, Paul Goldschmidt, Joey Votto, Matt Olson, Anthony Rizzo, Jose Abreu. I mentioned Josh Bell. You got all those other guys. Um, but it is the here's the thing. I am wondering what this portends for the Padres' future. I am very curious to see, as I take the little game time thing off the screen for my YouTube audience, um, if you're paying him to be a first baseman, Cronenworth leaves a lot to be desired. He doesn't hit for too much power, right? 
he has some questions with the fastball stuff, and he has some questions about off-speeds things. I have questions about whether or not pitchers are you know, picking up on him. He's not going to hit for all that much power, especially compared to the other guys you saw there. As a second-base utility guy who can play first sometimes and play short, I love it from that perspective. But I'm wondering, does this mean that the Padres think that there might be a first baseman in the future? I mean, they did try and sign Jose Abreu reportedly in the offseason, so they clearly were looking at potentially doing that. They didn't want to do it to Josh Bell, uh, who's now with the Cleveland Guardians, although I think he's going to be better um, uh, than he was with the Padres. Personally, I just think Cleveland knows what they're doing, and I think Josh Bell's a pretty, pretty good player. I wouldn't have minded if they gave him another deal, even though he was pretty stinky with us. Um, but he, as a first baseman, that's not a lot. And look, first baseman, I'm not saying defense doesn't matter, but I think that it matters a little bit more when you're one of those other infielders. You know what I mean? You have a little bit more impact on the ball and where it's going and whatnot than at first base. I know he's playing first base this year, but I will like this deal a lot more if down the line he's playing second or he's playing short and he's able to give you more of that defensive stuff instead of being a guy who plays first. And I'm sure he's going to be a great first baseman. Uh, I'm sure I shared that clip of him jumping up and snagging when it was one of his first games for the Padres during the pandemic season when he snagged a ball that went almost over his head. Someone left me a comment being like, oh, well, you won't be talking because he's too short. All the balls are going to go over his head. Well, that's not the only thing that's going to deter but a good first baseman. It's, you know, scooping the ball. It's having a little bit of range for the balls that get past you by first base. That counts for something, too. Um... But I do understand that there is a little bit of concern here where it's like, hey, he's not hitting home runs more than he's not going to hit as many home runs as basically any of the guys that I mentioned to you. Right. Vladdy, Alonzo, Muncie, Hoskins. If Brandon Belt ever stayed healthy, CJ Crone, you know what I mean? Like there's a lot of guys on here that are going to hit a lot more. Christian Walker is a great example. Right. Like he's he's going to be a free agent, I believe, after this year. Uh Man, that guy hits up for a ton, a metric ton of power. So this is where you get a lot of your power, and that's what worries me, is that the Padres may have a little bit of a weakness there, and you might be taking a little bit away from what he could potentially be doing in the infield with his defense, as opposed to what happens at first base, at least in my opinion. Um, so that, that leaves a lot of questions there. I don't think that they necessarily needed to make this deal. I really, really like Cronenworth. But hey, you've got Jackson Merrill in the minors. Um, but is it that they made this deal because they're wondering, wow, uh, we don't have a farm right now. We're all in on our team right now. We just need to lock everybody up because it's not like there's going to be another player coming along. And in fairness, it's not like this is a stacked free agent class. It's basically guys like Aaron Nola, maybe Lucas Giolito if he figures things out, and then Shohei Otani being the giant, not even golden egg, but like platinum cosmic egg. I don't even know what to call him, right? Like for this free agency class. Um, so I think the Padres are saying we just need to keep this guy because we don't think we're going to be able to find someone else. I wonder, you know, if that could have been someone like Jackson Merrill down the line. Uh, I know he's been playing short, but maybe move them second. I don't know. Um, but maybe they're just thinking about right now. But even still, seven-year extension is a lot. I don't know if you had to do this. That's just me. Um, but I have questions. I, I have a lot of questions for sure. I think that Again, I already talked about his his kind of overall skills. He's been solid as a player, but I want a little bit more than solid. I wish he was a little bit faster. That'd be great. He's not slow, but I wish he could use that speed a little bit better as a base runner. But, you know, past last year, I mean, all the hard hit stuff wasn't as good. So I'm just really worried that this is a guy who is getting paid to play this position that he's his skills don't actually necessarily, the value just doesn't match. I've been talking a little bit too much and saying the same things, but you kind of get what I mean. But more importantly, this is my complaint. 
this contract extension worries me a little bit that the Padres are playing a little bit too loose. They're playing a little bit more spontaneously. And they... The big talk of this offseason has been the Juan Soto extension. Does this deal mean that they don't think that they're actually making that much headway there? I don't know. There's been rumors he's going to get 550. Jim Bowden of The Athletic threw out that he's going to get a 16-year deal, right? And it's... It's complicated, my feelings on this, because Soto's a great player. But as I've been preaching for a long time, when the trade was about to be made, I said it on this podcast, I just did not think they had to do that. I know what people were saying, yeah, but it's Juan Soto. I know, and I still will say yes, but I don't think they had to. This is still a team that has stars. It had Manny Machado. It had Tatis. Don't get me wrong. I know that I didn't know at the time, and that's not... Hey, look, you can't blame me for that, that Tatis was going to get expended, but it's not like the Padres don't have a star right now. You do the big kind of giant jumbo boy extension, like, say, what the Guardians did with Jose Ramirez, when you've got all these other tertiary players that you're going to pay, but you're not paying them all a crap ton of money, right? Tatis is making a whole lot of money. Manny Machado is making a whole lot of money. You Darvish is making a good amount of money. And then, of course, new guy Xander Bogarts. And Xander Bogarts being brought into the picture makes me wonder, like, do they full, do, are they fully, like, kind of playing fast and loose right now? I'm going to talk about it more in just a second, guys. But before we do that, you know, we're talking about basically GM style of stuff. Ultimate Baseball GM. We've talked about it before. Look, if you want to pretend you're AJ Peller, Pro Baseball GM, man, go download this thing, man. I've always thought that I could be Billy Bean. I've always thought that I could be Andrew Friedman or AJ Preller or the, uh, the, uh, who's the guy in Philly I blanked on him. I blanked on him. He's great, though. I like this guy. Apparently, he's a really good guy. I'm blanking on Zimbrowski, there you go, right? I've always thought I can be one of the greats. You know what I mean? I've always thought that. Not really. I just watched Moneyball once. But if you want to pretend that you're one of the greats and see what it's like, guys, this app is really fun. Um, and I'm a big video game fan, so I can definitely vouch for that side of things for sure. I know what makes a good game go. You know what I mean? I know. And I, I like some games. I really do. Like, they can be really addicting and fun. Game developer story on OG kind of iOS was, I was obsessed with that game for a while. I played it, I spent an entire weekend playing that thing once. Um, but you can hire the right coaches and staff, you manage team finances, you have to scout and draft players, manage personalities and injuries, how that comes along, you gotta build your depth and all that stuff, navigate through free agency, all the ups and downs of a season, and you kind of create your own ballpark and stuff. It's really, really cool. So guys, you should go check it out. Locked on Padres listeners, if you do go check it out, though, you get a 100% free boost to your franchise when using the promo code LOCKEDON. Mm-mm. Easy to remember, too. How about that? In the game store, so make sure to check it out. To download the game, just visit probaseballgm.com, scan the code, or look it up on the App Store or Google Play or what have you. That's probaseballgm.com, Ultimate Baseball GM. Start your dynasty today. And on today's podcast, ladies and gentlemen, we're continuing to talk about Mr. Cronenworth and how I am wondering if this has been a little bit of a sign that the Padres are playing a little bit too fast and loose. And the reason I say that is because, look, <laughs> look, I just, it's, how do I put this? If you bring in Soto and then you sign Xander Bogars and extend Mr. Cronenworth, Part of me is wondering now, and I'm going to say it. I'm going to act like a crazy man. Mackenzie Lord Gore looked pretty great for the Nationals the other day. 
James Wood, top, like, basically unanimously considered one of the best prospects in baseball. Robert Hassel is good, but he's kind of fallen off, admittedly. You've got C.J. Abrams. He's out there. He's got a lot of potential, too. I know people have kind of fallen off on him a little bit, but, you know, those are pieces. Uh, you blew up your farm, and this guy, Susanna, has been balling out a little bit, a little bit, but it's mostly that, like, my favorite uh, thing is when people take, like, those potato cam, you know, low-quality videos of guys throwing, like, wicked stuff, but, like, against not great hitters or sometimes not even against hitters. It's like, yeah, the, the stuff looks interesting, but I don't know if he's, like, great or anything. But even still, they gave up a lot for this guy. And if you're not going to be extending him, it makes me wonder, okay, is two and a half years of potentially, uh, unless he for some reason turns into a pumpkin, uh, of an MVP quality player worth what they gave up? I don't think it's, I don't think it's a great exchange, but it's certainly not awful, right? Like if you told me you get two and a half, so let's say you get the three war season last year, basically you get him at the trade deadline, whatever. And then you get two, six war seasons of Juan Soto for all the stuff you gave up. It could be worse. My issue is that it can't, that's in a vacuum and the Padres have the stars. I'm going to keep saying this. I just don't know if these are the type of moves you have to make when you already have stars. Would you rather, if you knew that the Padres were going to get Xander Bogarts, you have Bogarts this summer, you have those three meaty contracts of those positional players with Manny and Bogarts, and then you have Tatis, you know, as well. Um, With those guys, would you rather be like, all right, cool, we have Mackenzie Gore, we've got this Wood guy coming up, maybe he can be an outfielder that could be really great for us. He could play left, he could play right. Whatever happens, he just seems like he's the next great thing. And you have Mackenzie Gore, who could be the back end of the rotation guy, the four on this team, it's at least worth bringing up. And then you have the club control and all that stuff. And that does matter when you are paying these guys all that much money. Because then you save money. And then if you want to boost the rest of the team with some, you know, flyer type of players. Guys that I talked about in the offseason. Guys like Conforto, right? Guys like Mitch Hanniger, Players like that. Like decent players that you can just kind of take on like these expiring contracts, right? Not to use NBA terms necessarily, but it's like, oh, cool, like... You know, I I mentioned Josh Bell before. You get someone like him for like two years, a decent player, like your Jose Abreu types, right? Where you're like, you guys, we're going to spend money, but we're not going to spend long-term money. We're already content with our long-term guys here. I'm just wondering, listeners, leave me a comment. Send me a DM. Does that sound more appealing than trading everything for Juan Soto for potentially just two and a half years? Although, probably two and a half great, awesome years. Does that sound more interesting to you? when you know that you're getting Bogarts. If you say yes, then that's kind of where my mind is at. I'm not saying that I wouldn't do this deal. Let me be very clear. There's some nuance here. But I'm saying that's why I'm wondering if the Padres have really planned all of this out. Now, don't get me wrong. The important thing to say here is that they didn't trade for Xander Bogarts. They signed him. It's not a guarantee that they knew they were going to sign him. So they decided, all right, let's go for Soto. So that's a very, very, very important thing. I'm just speaking in hypotheticals and whatnot right now about team building. And I love talking about team building in baseball and sounding like a friggin' dork. So that's why I'm doing this. But it makes me wonder, you know, is it worth doing all that uh, and giving up all those assets and basically your whole future if the guy's only going to be there for two and a half years? And if you knew that you were going to go out and be ready to spend on a superstar, considering that they reportedly were talking to Judge and that they reportedly made an offer to Trey Turner before Xander Bogarts, like, I think they were clearly ready to go out and spend money. Um, and I think that they would have been even more willing to spend money if they hadn't acquired Juan Soto. So that is my question. Would you rather have that instead? And to me, it is, I know, I will look, go ahead. You know what? Go ahead. Aggregators, go ahead. 
Clip it right now. I don't care. Record everything I've said on this podcast. Throw it in my face. You can send it to Ben Woods and and uh, or Stephen Woods and Ben Higgins. You can send it to the folks at Gas Lamp. You can send it to Dennis Lynn. Whatever. Make fun of me all you want. But I'm just saying it's an interesting hypothetical to be like that. And it makes me wonder if the Padres fully have planned out all of their moves smartly or have they just been like, oh, cool, shiny toy, boom, and go. Which is not a thing that should be entirely discouraged, but it is something that is at least worth bringing up in conversation, and I think it's really fun to just talk about this. I don't mean this in a mean way, right? When I say, would you rather, knowing that they would get Bogarts, just kind of steady along and whatnot and, and go hard and whatnot. But I, I will say it also was worth pointing out that last year they thought they were getting Tatis back and they were a playoff contender, and they said, okay, let's go get Soto. That's another part of this. They didn't know. So, again, that's just me, though. And with the Cronenworth extension, is that a sign that they might not be able to do um, Juan Soto? Because that is a whole lot of players that will be the same. In the lineup, that would be Manny, Tatis, Cronenworth, Soto, Bogarts. That would be five players that will be the same essentially assuming Hosoto gets what he wants until like so seven more years from today until 2030 right like that's a lot to count on staying really well and good and I just think that sports are unpredictable and you got to be careful I'm not saying any of these players are going to be bad but it's nice to be able to wiggle around and move because you know you don't want to be like a an angels you don't want to be like a uh, the Phillies from a while ago, right? When they were stuck with Chase Utley and Cliff Lee and Ryan Howard and Jimmy Rollins were great players, but they were just kind of stuck on their team for a while and they were rebuilding. But they just had these four dudes on their team that you were like, oh man, can we just move on from these guys? They're not doing much and they're overpaid. That's that's kind of the situation. It's a very light comparison, but that's what I'm wondering. Um, and for me, it's really tough to say, but that was kind of what came to mind for me. If that makes sense. I know that's like pretzel. I took you on like a little wraps you in a pretzel ride uh, and whatnot uh, with that logic. But that's one of the things I thought about when the Cronenworth contract got announced. Like, do they know what they're doing in that respect? Did they think that they were going to be extending them and they're not? Is Soto asking for like 600 and they're like, whoa. You know what I mean? Like, are they just like, look, I know the Nationals like only offered only offer you 455. But damn, dude, like maybe that's where they're at right now. You know, did that have a part to play in signing Xander Bogarts? I don't know. Maybe they don't want teams to know. Maybe they're going to secretly trade this guy at the deadline if they start stinking. I don't know, man. Look, I don't know. But uh, that's not going to happen. But I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm just wondering, do we know for sure that they have planned this out super well? I don't know for sure right now. I don't know for sure. And the last thing about this is if you're extending Cronenworth and you haven't done the Soto thing, does that mean the ultimate nuclear option, Weapon X, the Platinum Cosmic Egg? Does this maybe allude to maybe the Padres are really going to make a run at that guy? I don't know. Uh, obviously, Shohei Otani would be fantastic, but I'm just saying, guys, it is worth pointing out that it's a little bit weird that the, the way that they've gone about this. Just a little bit weird. And again, by the time you by the time you guys hear this episode, they might announce an extension. It's not impossible, but uh, yeah, I'm a little bit worried. From that respect, you got to be careful. You got to mix up some of these long-term contracts with some intermediary, you know, four-year guys and some young guys that you could keep on a decent payroll um, and whatnot. I'm not saying that that's a good thing 
with arbitration. I'm not trying to say that. I, I like when guys get paid, but just in terms of winning baseball games and how baseball owners will be eventually, they will stop spending $300 million a year on a team. They're not just going to keep going in perpetuity. So taking that into account, it's like a hypothetical salary cap versus, you know what I mean? Where it's like, all right, I know that they're not going to just keep spending forever, right? So take that into account. Let's monitor how much we're spending on players right now. That's just me, though. Sounds a little bit crazy, a little bit heady. If I was a little bit hipstery, if I was a little bit pretentious, my apologies, guys. But that's just my thought on it. But it's still really cool. Uh, I'm excited for it. And in a few years, if they have some new first baseman that comes along, if Jackson Merrill randomly translates there, if they make another trade, I don't know. And then Cronenworth is back in the infield doing his thing. It'll make the contract potentially look even better. But for now, I'm lukewarm on it as I've been on a, a good amount of Padres moves past few months. I was, I was really, I really loved the Bogarts move and I really liked Soto, but, um, you know, a lo- little bit lukewarm on this one, at least for now, at least for now. But with that all being said, ladies and gentlemen, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast. The only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. Follow me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. At LO underscore Padres, leave your comments and whatnot about what you think of the Cronenworth deal. I'd love to hear from you guys and talk about the team building stuff. There's probably something I'm missing that you guys will make a good point about, so feel free to do so. Uh, Tomorrow's episode, probably going to be with my boy Ryland Stiles, catching up on all the baseball goodness, and probably him asking me some very insulting question about the Padres and then making fun of uh, me in general, because that's what he does. Uh, And then going to be talking about the D-back series as well. Hopefully, we've won the first game by now by the time you're listening to this. Until next time, stay safe, and of course, stay faithful, my Friday Faithful homies. Take care! Boom!